Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello, I'm Josh Hallam and you are listening to Just Films and That. This is the podcast where we talk about films we think are underrated, underseen, or perhaps we just wanted to take a look at them. This week it's just that because it's Alice's 100th episode, so it's a special treat. We're going to talk about Terminator 2. Uh, let's see what we think, but I think we already know. So, Alice. Josh. Here we are. Here we are. It's A hundred episodes of Alice as the gosh. co-host. That sounds like so many, doesn't it? it? That's feels, a whole lot of me. feels like a lot. <laughs> feels like an eternity. <laughs> it has felt like, like a lot, if I'm honest. Um, <laughs> so, yes. So, hundred episodes of you. Um, mm-hmm. Thank you very much. So so far, so That's good. Okay. <laughs> so as a special treat, I thought. Well, it's about time we talked about what is one of, if not your favourite film, which is, of mm-hmm. course, as you've gone on record many times to say, is Terminator Two: Judgment Day. I know. What if I hated it this time around, though? Can you imagine? Like, <laughs> just, what if I just completely messed again, up the episode? And I just thought this shit. <laughs> this is terrible. This is terrible. Um, so, for the people at home. For the one or two people in the universe who've not seen this film, Ooh. Um, obviously you don't know, you didn't pick it, I picked it for you. I didn't but... pick it. This is this is why it's really exciting as well. Yeah. So you picked it for me. What a treat. Thank you so much, Josh. I do appreciate it. It's all right. So tell the people at home, what is Terminator 2 Judgment Day about? And is it Gosh. your favourite film, I suppose, is the first question. So Terminator 2 is the sequel to Terminator isn't called Terminator 1, but that is what I used to call it when I was a kid. <laughs> and we're basically, John Connor is now alive. He is a young child. If you've seen the first film, you'll know all about him. Sarah Connor has been committed to a psychiatric hospital and they are just going about their lives separately until the T-800, who we saw in the first film, comes back. But he's not alone because another robot comes back too, the T-1000. And suddenly it's like, why have both these robots come back in time? Who's going to do what? Who's the bad guy? But it turns out that Arnie Schwarzenegger, the T-800, is actually the good guy. He's here to save John, to save Sarah, and to make sure everyone lives happily ever after. So it's all about that. It's all about them trying to stop Judgment Day, which obviously we hear so much about in the first Terminator. And, you know, really, by the time we get to the end of this film, it is all kind of nicely wrapped up and everything could have ended there. And in my mind, kind of, it does. <laughs> Terminator Salvation was obviously all right, but no need to carry it on. It was all, it was a nice wrapped up little story, but there we are. Um, is it my favourite film of all time? Well, 
it's the one that I say. Like a few years ago, I was like, oh, if I was going to do a top five or a top 10 of my favourite films, what would they be? And I was like, I genuinely think I'd put Terminator 2 up there as the first one. And I was like, and that's quite an interesting one as well. Like if people ask you, what's your favourite film? Oh, well, it's Terminator 2. Do you know, it's just, it, it's a bit of a conversation starter. So I just, I ran with that and I just sort of held, held that there in that uh, top spot. But this... This is obviously the first time that I'm watching it with a critical eye, and it is the first time mm. that I've seen it in quite a few years as well. Oh, really? I got so, the impression you watched it all the time. <laughs> no, I don't watch it all the time. I just I, I watched it a lot when I was a kid, so I know that there is a lot of nostalgia mm. kind of within this as well, and, you know, those fond childhood memories of watching terrifying action films because my parents were just so irresponsible. Um, so, yeah, I, I reckon it is my favourite film, and... Having watched it again, I would definitely keep it in that top spot, you know, okay. definitely keep it in that top spot. Okay. What about you, Josh? Had you seen Terminator 2 before? So, uh, mm-hmm. I so, watch it again. I was fairly certain I'd seen it all, right? Right. I don't think I'd ever sat and watched this film from start to finish before. Ooh, so I'd seen most of it, definitely mm-hmm. seen most of it. But as I was watching it, I realised I hadn't seen a lot of the stuff in the hospital. I hadn't seen a lot of. I hadn't seen a lot of basically the first half an hour. Right. I, okay. I must have seen it at some point, but I was watching the whole thing. Going, I don't remember any of this. Oh, that's interesting. Maybe was it one that maybe you'd seen mostly like on TV, and so you're just kind of tuning in halfway think, through. Sort I of thing. I think that's probably right because I've definitely yeah. seen it. I yeah. But, but there was you know Arnold so, Schwarzenegger is right. Yeah, yeah he's, I mean, uh, that's he's, clear. He's, okay. A yeah. minor independent film actor. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's it. So, anyway, let's get stuck into talking about it. Now, I don't know how this is going to go. I haven't got loads of notes for this because this is all okay. about you talking about a film that you love. All about me. So, let's we'll, we'll follow the structure of an episode like we normally do. But essentially, okay. I'm, about to, I'm about to just open the gates for you here and say, Alice, what do you like about Terminator 2? And I'm just going to sit back and listen to you crack your knuckles and crack on. Well, certainly, but I would like your input as well, and oh, I'm course. keen to hear what you think it's about rubbish. certain things. So, it's oh absolutely no. <laughs> oh, no, but that's interesting if you do think that, and then we can have a debate, and that'll get exciting and probably quite heated. <laughs> we'll see, we'll see. Yes. So there is there, there are many, 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 many things that I like about this film, but I am going to, I'm really going to try and keep this list concise and just go into detail about a few points. So first off, in general, so I love the story. I love the story progression. I love the characters. I love the direction. Some of the script is great. The practical effects and the stunts and the way it looks in general are all brilliant. The music is phenomenal. And there are also some moments of light comedy in there as well that I enjoyed. Uh, So I am going to go into uh, greater detail about a couple of those things. The first thing, that I want to talk about is the way that the characters are introduced to the story, right? Mm. So our key characters all get this brilliant introduction. We see Sarah Connor, who is in her tiny little hospital room being gawked at by doctors and like student doctors. And her first line is, good morning, Dr. Silverman. How's the knee? And I feel like you just get so much from that line, from that delivery of like the situation she's in. She's there doing pull-ups on her bed that she's turned on the side. She is badass, man. Like bringing slight Lara Croft vibes as Mm. well, I thought. And 
it just oh, my favorite my one of my favorite action heroes ever is Sarah Connor. So she's got a brilliant introduction. We see the T800 who is Arnold Schwarzenegger who obviously comes back in time. We've got some brilliant kind of even though you know you've got to take into account obviously that this was what 1990 or the, you know the Na- very yeah, early 90s. Just, yeah, it must have been made in 90 released in 91 yeah. I think. So they they use these kind of uh, lightning effects and lots of wind to to show when the robots come uh, back from back from the future, so into the past or into the present day. And you're like, oh my god, it's him! He's back! Like he's the bad guy from the first film. And then you see the T one thousand come back, and then it's like, oh well, who the heck is this guy? Why have we got two guys? Is he a human? What's going on here? And then even with John Connor as well, when he's introduced, you know, he's. He's um he's working on his dirt bike, you know, he hates his foster parents. He's clearly like quite troubled, but then also quite mature in a way as well. And even Miles Dyson as well. So he's a really interesting one where obviously he is like the Skynet representative, right? So he represents Judgment Day, all this awfulness that is coming that, you know, what Sarah Connor believes is going to happen. But he's just like this really chill, really sweet, like just a nerdy guy, right? Who's just like obsessed with science and obsessed with discovery. And he gets so excited about the things, like he's so excited about the robot's arm and the chip and all these things that he's working on. And I thought that was really interesting as well because you've got Skynet as a as a villain or as the enemy. I just think he's brilliant. And I think we touched on this in uh, Terminator Salvation as well. And then, so to have him as just like, yeah, he's just this chill dude who will eventually destroy the world because of what he's doing. By accident, just, basically. They were all just brilliant. Yeah. And it was just something that I really noticed about the character introductions and then all the characters I really like and I think all the performances are pretty good as well. Um, do you have any thoughts on that, Josh? Is, yeah. Is yeah. That, you know, um, something you'd thought about? No, absolutely, yeah. So, so you, you're totally right. Like, all the character introductions and that are great in this. And that goes back to... So this film is full of action movie cliches, right? Yeah. Which have been parodied and reused and done mm-hmm. to death in other films, except in this, it works so well because yep. whether it's... And it's not... I was going to say because it must have been the first one to do it, but I bet it's not. It's like the whole... It's like if you've ever seen anything that parodies stuff like this, like, say, for example, Rick and Morty, you know, the whole, you son of a bitch. Like, I know that's from, Pre- I know that's from Predator <laughs> and stuff like that, but there's so there are so many cliches in this film, except they work because it's not, it's almost not self-referential. So it's not, it isn't tongue-in-cheek, mm. but I can't really, it feel, I suppose what I'm trying to say is it feels authentic. It doesn't mm-hmm. feel cheesy. It feels cool. It feels authentically cool and authentically gripping in, in, in that sense. But you're right. The, the, the character introductions in this are are really great. The one thing I noticed was that if you were going into this on opening night in 1991, having seen the first one from the 80s, obviously now we know the plot of the film, but then presumably the the introduction of Arnie's character is written. So you think, like you said then, Oh, another villainous Terminator's come. Yes, exactly. And then, so then you think, is the T one thousand? Is he the hero? Is, you you know. think is he the hero? And and because in at that point they've already said they've sent two back, haven't they? They've sent two yeah. back to one to kill John Connor and one to save John Connor and all that. So when you see the T one thousand, he's much more human. He's not mm-hmm. like he isn't. He doesn't act robotically. Which obviously, all of these things are purposeful choices by James Cameron and and, and the other writers. Um, so he's much more human. He 
dresses as a police officer, which is probably a mm-hmm. comment in itself. And yeah, so so obviously you you must people must have thought Arnie's the villain again, and Robert Patrick's character uh, Terminator is going to be the hero Terminator. So when you have that moment where they switch and Arnie mm-hmm. is walking with the shotgun and he's he's. With the shotgun and the box of flowers, and then and then the roses fall out, and he steps on the roses, and they crunch, and out comes this massive shotgun. Oh, it's just brilliant! And then it's all in slow mo as well. And then he he's got John, and then he turns around, so he's protecting him, and then the T one thousand is like pumping him full of bullets. Yeah, sick man. But there must have been people, mustn't there, who genuinely like that is a plot twist. It's just that the film has been around so long that we know that it's Mm. not. So I went yeah. into this knowing that, but at the time, so I, I'd never know, I'd never thought about that before in terms of the context, in, in, the, in the wider context of the film. But no, yeah, it's just, I mean, it's just great, Alice. It's just, it is, it, it's isn't just it? a, oh, good. it's just a good, it's a good fun blockbuster time. Mm-hmm. It's definitely up there as one of the most perfect blockbusters. The only reason I'd say it wow. wasn't the most perfect blockbuster is nothing to do with the quality of the film. It's probably more to do with. Um, it it probably it it, uh, it it edges more towards the darker side. Mm. So so when I'm always thinking of what's the perfect blockbuster, I'm always thinking at the the PG end because mm-hmm. I think more the, family, the, the broader the appeal, oriented, the more, yeah. you know, something can't be a perfect blockbuster if it's only for people who are 15 and up. People might yes. disagree with me on that, but I that's where I swing on that particular argument. Yeah. The whole no, idea that makes of what, sense, yeah. what's the perfect film, and people say The Godfather, and I always say, but that's for that's an 18, so yeah, so it's for 18 and up. So, so for me, I think cinema is all about how can the most amount of people enjoy. Blockbuster cinema, should I say? Obviously, there's plenty of other uses of cinema in terms of social and political messages, and you know, little stories and slice of life stories, which I really like, which I've talked about. But if you're talking about big hitters, big blockbuster hitters, for me, it's well, how can the most amount of people enjoy this? I suppose so. But back to what you were saying, no, performances are great. I mean, the fact that Arnold Schwarzenegger doesn't really have to do anything yet still makes quite a convincing robot yeah, is just a I testament know. to it. I mean. He's... Perfect casting, perfect casting. And then Robert Patrick is just phenomenal. Like he is he is terrifying and he's just a dude in a in a cop's uniform. Do you know what I mean? Mm. His eyes, the way he looks, the way he holds himself. And there's this brilliant moment where after he's looking for John in the arcade and then John realises what's happening. So he runs outside and hops on his bike. So then John starts riding off on like this dirt bike, I think it is, that he's got. And then the T-1000 starts running after him. And you're like, fucking hell. And I find that really threatening because it's like, you can't get away. It's like, mm. he's just going to run after you. Yeah. That is how he's, powerful he is. He is unstoppable. Sort of he's an unstoppable yeah. object, basically. Yeah. He is, he is. But, uh, yeah, he's... And he, and Robert Patrick, you know, I know he's he has done other stuff, but he's definitely best known for this, isn't he? I th- I mean I think so. So I know I know that I've seen his face in something, but I couldn't tell you what it is, and I don't think I could name another film that he's in. Well, I know he's in, he's in Spy Kids. <laughs> if yeah, I've not that. seen that. He's, he's in, he has done loads and loads of stuff because yeah, he's done yeah. quite a bit of telly as well. I know he was in Peacemaker, which came out earlier this year. He was really good in that. I know he's been mm. in. He's in Community. He's got a little cameo in Community. Has uh, he? Yeah, yeah, I haven't noticed that. Um, go back and have a look. But no, he's. I mean, he's he's great in this. And like you say, one of the whole things with Arnold Schwarzenegger is, and forgive me if this is you know not in line with what you think, but he he's not a good actor. He's not like a, you know. Oh, I suppose it's not that he's not a good actor. It's not like what you would think of as an actor. 
He's not. Hmm. He's not a chameleon. Is he? He's not. He's not slipping in and out of different people. You know, you're watching you know Arnold Schwarzenegger film because you're expecting certain things. Action, guns, muscles, why, yeah. throwing people around. Yeah. But you saying that, you saying that Arnold Schwarzenegger isn't a good actor hurts me more than the fact that Keanu Reeves isn't a good actor. Yeah. Like, that hurts me more, and I don't know why. I, I know think Keanu Reeves is I a good know actor. I know it's true. Do you? Yeah. Keanu oh, God, Reeves is a good actor. He, he is just, he? he um, he's, done, he's given some shit performances. Yeah. But so have the greatest actors. Mm, I, I love Keanu, but I'm not convinced by him as an actor at all. I just enjoy seeing him on screen. He's <laughs> such a laugh. But I think I think the thing with Arnie is he's just always so perfectly cast. Yeah. And I think that really sort of do, does a lot of the heavy lifting for him in places perhaps where his acting would fall down. Um, I do want to talk about Edward Furlong for a little bit. So Let's John go. Connor. Let's talk about- so the, there's a real risk here. So you you include a child in it right so he's the prophesized child so you know he is a very important character but you put a child in a in a you know a a more mature film a more adult film Mm. like this you risk losing a lot of your audience because it's like oh i don't really care don't connect to this kid you know a lot of child actors uh some child actors their performances can be i suppose quite unconvincing and then that can really leave you sort of feeling feeling a bit hollow i think when you watch them but I just think he does such a fabulous job. So John has obviously not had a normal childhood. Like we learn through various bits of dialogue that Sarah's been taking him every which way all over the world, like gathering weapons and training and preparing for Judgment Day and for these robots to come back and that. And he's just obviously exhausted with it. Like you really feel like he's carrying the the weight of the world on his shoulders. And I just thought it was brilliant. And then he's got this beautiful moment where when he realises who the T-800 is... And he, he's like, oh, my God, you are real. Mm. Like, my mum was right sort of thing. Because mm. obviously he, he speaks about the way that she speaks about the Terminators. Not, not, not like, necessarily disbelieving of her, but he doubts her, not obviously. Convinced. But he's been so... Yeah, he's not, not, convinced, not convinced, but he's, yeah. been, he's been so heavily brainwashed by her. And then he just has this moment where he's like, holy shit, you're actually real. This is real. I am this, you know, chosen one that my mum's always told me about. And he looks so much younger than I remember as well. How, like, how I was like, oh my is, God. How old is John meant to be in this? Well, I'm not sure. I always thought he was 12. But I'll just have a little look. Let's have a look. You keep talking, Josh. Because, because I filler. think the point, the point is, it's that, like, back to what you were saying there, is he feels older. He feels, I'm not saying he feels like a you know, 50-odd-year-old man or whatever, but the whole point is, is he's older than his years because he's been forced to grow up because of what his mum has made him go through and I think that Edward Furlong does it does carry it across really really well as well as being quite likable and uh, as well at the same at the same time so I think I think you're right I think oh, definitely I think he is, he is good in this as well says that he's 10 years old so he is, Bollocks. He is John Connor yeah he's 10 years old yeah 10 in this yeah yeah I thought about 14 Oh, really? Well, I'd, when I watched it when I was a kid, I thought about that age. But now watching it back, like, he's still got such a baby face. Well, like, he's still so such even, a young even, child. Yeah, even, even more so. If he's meant to be 10, I was thinking he was 14 or 15 in this. So, yeah. so, so even, even, so even just, more so then. He's just got to go through so much, hasn't he? And I just really, I just, I, I got a lot, I got a lot of time for him. And mm. as far as like child characters and child actors go, I just think he did um, such a fabulous job. So a lot of this film for me, there's just like so many great moments 
yeah. that, that just make up the whole thing. Like so many great moments, and I can't go into the wall because there's literally so many of them. But everything has just been so well thought out and like written and and designed to be the absolute best that it could possibly be. Right. So one of my favorite moments is when Sarah is trying to escape. So she's trying to escape from the hospital, right? And we've got this moment where everyone sort of meets up and everyone's trying to get to the same place. So you've got the T-800 and John who are also trying to get to the hospital to uh, uh, to break her out. And then you've got the T-1000 who's figured out where they're going and he turns up as well. So like there's this brilliant showdown in the hospital and then she's running down the corridors and she's running towards the lift to try and escape. And there, out the lift, walks the T-800, the thing that has, like, terrorised her dreams for the past 10 years or however long. And she sees it. And then, obviously, John's there as well. And then it's like, what the fuck is going on? And then the T-800 says, come with me if you want to live, which is obviously what Carl Reese said to her in the first film. So they've used that bit of dialogue. It's just, like, the immediate thing of, you can trust me and I am on your side because I'm going to say this thing to you that I know Kyle Reese said to you. And then from there, she just kind of... She just kind of has, has to trust that John sort of knows what he's doing. You know, the fact that John has been with this guy for however long and is still alive is obviously a good thing. But she has got to unlearn so much. She's got to like, she, you know, just not think of him as a threat, not think of him as the bad guy. And I just feel like that would be so hard. And then, you know, she sees him coming out the lift and then she falls down and then she runs away, but then she runs right back to where the T-1000 is. It is just such a brilliant scene and it's mm. so well constructed. The drama, the tension... I just it's definitely it was just um, great. that bit's definitely a standout moment from Linda oh, from so um, from Linda Hamilton as well. Because oh, yeah. she obviously she has a lot to do in this film. She carries a lot of the film. Mm -hmm. She has a lot more of the dialogue than than Arnold Schwarzenegger and stuff like that. And she has to do a lot more of what you might call traditional sort of acting in terms of emoting and stuff like that, uh, rather than the actual action scenes, although she has some great action scenes as well. But that moment, she really, she really earns a, you know, like earns a crust at that point, really, you know, uses her chops because she looks I mean, you know, she's a professional actor. She's brilliant, but she looks mortified, terrified yeah, she looks as he walks. The part, doesn't to, she? to the yeah, point 100%. where it looks like she's running back into the arms of the doctors, as if like fucking yeah. hell, I'd rather be in there. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I hadn't like, thought of it like that. Yeah. Then, um, then, then, you know, you know, shoot me full of all the drugs you've got, and just put me in the cell and leave me there because mm -hmm. I'd rather have that than than have to deal with this monster. Because, like you say, in the first one, he's the bad guy. He's he's the mm -hmm. monster, and that callback come with me if you want to live. It's just great. It's it's and 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 I've not. I don't even know if I've seen the first one. I can't remember. I've again definitely seen a lot of it but i've never sat down mm. watched it from start to finish i know that's a callback but at the same time you still enjoy it if you if you don't if you haven't seen the first one and i think there is probably a great proportion of people who haven't seen the first one who mm. have seen this one and that again another genius of the film a little bit like what james cameron did with aliens you don't have to have seen the first one to enjoy this one it's its own self-contained action sci-fi adventure film and the, and that's it's not an easy task to do that when it's following on mm -hmm. from a, from another film but no it's great so what is your favorite action scene in the film then oh uh so there's uh, hmm so there are there are two front runners and i'll just talk them through with you and then maybe when i finish saying them out loud i'll come to a conclusion <laughs> so the first one is obviously the the big main one at the beginning where the T-1000 is chasing John Connor. He's in a truck and John is on his little dirt bike. And then obviously the T-800 sees what's happening and then joins in on his big motorbike as well. So you've got this great chase. It's really long action sequence where there's 
not a lot of dialogue, if any at all, but it doesn't get boring. It doesn't get tired. The the, the practical effects, like the stunts and everything, like it's just everything has been so well thought out and so well planned. And they're going down that like, I, I don't even know what it is, these things that they have in America, but looks like that there should have been a river there, but there I wasn't a river there. I think it's something to do with drainage. Yeah. And flooding. I'm not entirely sure. I'm not a... I'm not a yeah. city planner or whatever, but I know what you mean. The yeah. famous the famous LA thing where they drive up and down, it almost looks like a vert ramp, a skate ramp, and cars drive on Yeah, I on think it. this in Greece and stuff, Yeah, isn't the, it? You the, see I, it as well. They're all over the show. I think, I think it's something yeah. to do with drainage. But anyway, that bit, the bit that yeah. everyone knows so the bit you're talking bit, about. <laughs> yeah, of course. And then as, as it goes on, you know, the truck is getting more and more, like, destroyed and stuff because he's just driving it under bridges where he can't fit. And then, you know, sort of driving off of bridges and then just sort of landing into the floor and it's so crashed up and messed up and everything and it looks great and then and also during that one as well obviously the t800 picks john up off of his bike as they're moving so they're traveling at high speeds and then the t1000 uh, t800 sorry gets in line with john picks him up by his rucksack and just pops him on his motorbike next to him thought that was hilarious like he weighs nothing um, like he oh, weighs so good. nothing yeah, and you and know they probably really... did that. Um, well, you know, quite, he, quite possibly. Like, you know, Arnie just went, I'll, I'll just pick him up, don't worry about I'll it. I'll just pick him up. I'll just pick <laughs> him up, um, you know. Is it the, um, is it, is it, is it, is it, it might be this one or it might be the third one where he picks up a minigun and it was so heavy that he was the only one who said who could move it. Oh, I did not know. Uh, I think it is this one. It's like, as in like, how did... <laughs> get it there like did he did he move it from the prop place to the it's mad anyway so that's your first scene <laughs> that's the first one the second one is so obviously there's a lot going on in like this steel uh like factory or you know steel mm. melting place whatever it may be uh at the end and there's a, you know it's a great big long sequence in this but the best moment of that whole sequence is when the t1000 is pretending to be sarah connor he has taken her form mm. and he's walking towards john and he's going like oh john come here help me it's me and all this blah 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 and then john's like you know he's he's a bit smarter than that he's like oh i'm not too sure i don't know if i should believe you and then behind the fake Sarah Connor comes the real Sarah Connor, you know, covered in blood and sweat and looking disheveled. And she's got bullet wounds and, and you know, she's cut up and all this. And she's just got this fucking massive shotgun or whatever it is. And she uses it, like, I think one-handed at first to blow a hole in him and then just starts pumping him full of lead and, like, walking towards him. And he gets so close to nearly just, like, falling in the lava or this melted steel, whatever it is. And then it doesn't quite happen. And you're like, oh, my God. And you feel that. Like, you feel that it so much with, the with click. her. Like, and she's like, oh, and then one, it's over. one shot. It's ah, over. Yeah, what do you do? Oh, so good. And then, obviously, all, it all goes well in the end because Arnie rolls up on like some industrial it's like an industrial cog or something isn't it <laughs> yeah. sort of rolls up i don't know what it is like a fun like a warehouse train track or whatever and he just rolls up and he's in a bad way as well because he's been absolutely battered so you've got half his uh, robot face on show with his red eye and you know his hair's all fucked up and his skin's all fucked up and he's only got one arm but then he just blows it for like this fucking explosive like but i don't know all the names of the guns sorry so i don't know all the different types of guns but it's like a massive bullet that is just like a little bomb and just push gone that is pretty cool. I think that probably that one. As I say, is it that one? you've got the fire and the yeah. lava See, as that's, well. That's, it's brilliant. I think that's a good. So for me, it, mine is the first one. So there we go. I'll yeah, say the first it's sick, one. Sick, it? Good chase because scene. It's brilliant just the, chase scene. It's just the way. It's just the way he reloads that shotgun. I'm not into guns. Yeah. I'm a pacifist. Do you know what I mean? But mm. 
it is fucking cool when he rolls the way he reloads that shotgun by flipping it over or whatever it is he does. Yeah. It's just it's so iconic. It's so cool. It's such yeah. a great action film. It feels so epic. And uh, we'll come back to this in a second. But I think the way I could feel like the the, way, the best way it sums up. And I don't I don't think I do love this film as much as you, but I still like mm-hmm. this film. Is that the way it's constructed as a blockbuster? Every now and then, and I don't mean once a year, I'm talking ev- maybe every couple of years, and even that's being generous, right? A film comes along and it is an event film. Mm-hmm. And it's usually a Star Wars would be one. And I wouldn't even say... So, for example, right, without getting into the sequel trilogy, when The Force Awakens came out, it was an event. Everyone, mm-hmm. people were going to the cinema who don't normally yeah. go to the cinema. Yeah, I went. I Josh, yeah. I went to the cinema to watch Force Awakens, and I'd never seen yeah. Star Wars uh, or, before that film was coming yeah, out. Perhaps, and again, I wouldn't even say like every Bond film, but a new Bond film. You know, as mm-hmm. in the first, the first of a new Bond. Um, yeah, you know, once every five years, maybe something like that. Endgame was probably one an mm-hmm. event, an event film. This is one of them. This is an mm-hmm. event film. This is a once every every couple of years. People go in the cinema who wouldn't normally go to the cinema. This is my, you know, take on it anyway. I mean, it's not even the highest grossing film of 1991, I don't think. Mm. It might be. I'm not too sure. I'd have to check it. But it's an event film. It stands the test of time. And it does. And that brings me on to the effects, which I know you're going to want to talk about. But man, those effects are 30 years old. And... Pretty good. Okay. They're pretty good, aren't they, Josh? Yeah. They're pretty good. Some some of them have <laughs> aged better than others, but for me, they all still more or less hold up. Yeah. The the all the stuff with the T one thousand is brilliant. Like how he changes form. Um, you know, he'll change from being like a like fully sort of silver kind of liquidy looking mm. creature to looking like, you know, John's foster mum or his arms will become blades and then other things like him being in the floor and then he comes up through the floor and then one of the most brilliant things visually and so spectacular is obviously when he gets frozen by liquid nitrogen yeah. and then Arnie shatters him with a bullet. That is brilliant. And not only Proper that, good. not it, this is the thing with this film, you know, when you think that something's almost been wrapped up, there's more to it, right? So he gets shattered and blasts into a billion pieces. But then, oh, he melts <laughs> and then they all start gathering. And it's terrifying, right? It's literally just liquid. Like, it lo- obviously, it looks like mercury. Mm. I remember from science class. And it's just this liquid all coming together, right? But because of the build-up to that point, you just, you feel the gravity mm. of the situation. Like, it's not... Um, traditionally a, a scary thing to look at. It's like there's some liquid metal all coming together. But it's it's the meaning behind it. The inevitability, and isn't it? The inevitability of the inevitab- whatever you he do, is you can't inevitable. stop him. You cannot yeah, stop how, him. Yeah, there are so many times where they think like, oh yeah, you know, we've got away or oh yeah, you know, this this will be the killer blow or whatever. And it just isn't. And it, it's, it's a li- similar a little bit to, you know, uh, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid when there's those police officers mm. or the, the Federation or whoever it is on horses and they're bearing down on they're them. Hunting it's that them, yeah, sort of yeah. feeling. Yes, yes, you are you are prey being hunted by this predator. It's how long, and it's not will you win, it's how long will you last. How long can you last? Yeah, yeah absolutely. And it's just, it adds like a, a, a different, like the stakes just feel so high, like everything just feels so tense. You just really feel like you're in there with the characters and everything that James Cameron has done contributes towards that, I think. And that in itself... 
Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to bluenile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at bluenile.com for $50 off your purchase. bluenile.com code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The fact that the villain is so well done and he doesn't have loads of lines. He has a few sort of at the beginning, but actually as the film goes on, mm. he barely speaks. Less he feels like less, an unstoppable yeah. force that's just, it's going to get you. Whatever happens, it's going to yeah. get you. But because that's done so well, it then makes Arnie seem even more heroic. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's just brilliant. It's just brilliant, isn't it? It's just so yeah, it is. well done. I wish James I Cameron would go back to doing these. Or, uh, or films like these rather than Avatar. Yeah, I think I I don't need to see any more Terminator. I don't need any more Terminator. Look, they films, will keep but making you've shown them. me there. They'll keep making well, them. Well, of course keep they will. Trying. But James has shown me there, Jim to to his friends. You know, um, he's shown me there that the skill and the craft that he is able to put into something to create almost almost a perfect film mm. because of the script, because of the way it looks, because of the way the characters interact with one another. Like, it's all there to create a great film. So it, it can be done. And I wonder if he could do it again, but with, you know, different characters, a different mm. story, etc. And, you know, it's... I'm not I'm not the biggest fan of Avatar. Like, I mean, I'll, I'll go and see the new one just to kind of see what it's all about or whatever. But... Like, there's a lot of story missing in those films and he's really sacrificed, like, you know, the quality of the script and the character development for th- something that looks nice. And it does look nice. Oh, it looks, looks amazing. Phenomenal. The only but thing, you're missing so much there. It's the only thing I could say about the first Avatar. Yeah. Is, oh, it, looks, it, looks it, it looks incredible. I don't... Love I the big blue people. I didn't like it. It was boring. No, but it, it's but not. It, yeah. It looks incredible. And it's just weird because, you know, we've seen what James Cameron can do. So so it was just a shame that that, that isn't what this was. Yeah. Um, just run off these a couple of last points as well <laughs> because otherwise I will go on. So I love the kind of evolution of the vehicles as we go, mm. right? So we start off with, you know... Uh, T-800 on a motorbike, John Connor on a dirt bike, and um, the T-1000 in a great big lorry. He then gets a police... Oh, no, he gets the police car first, and then a big lorry, 
And then he gets a motorbike at some point. And then he gets a helicopter. Mm. And I just love, like, with with sort of every every act of the film almost, they've got new vehicles, right? And you've got the T-800, you know, they steal a couple of cars. Um, they, they end up in a, they use a police van, I think, that they get when they're doing the, the blow, blowing up Skynet with Miles Dyson. And then eventually they're in like a pizza delivery, like little truck and stuff. And I just thought that was really cool. And I just really like the, I don't even know if it's attention to detail, but I suppose the effort that has gone into getting all those vehicles and putting them in the film the, at very the specific escalation, times. The escalation of, of, of the vehicle. Yeah. It's like, a, you know, in Looney Tunes, when they when they chase each other with weapons and, like, one had run from one side of the screen with a gun and then it would be a cannon right. and then a bigger cannon and then a bigger cannon. <laughs> okay. Do you know what I mean? Do you know the, yeah, the ones that it's mean, like yeah, that. It's almost, sure. like, yeah. it's almost like a cartoon. But then but that is how you do action, isn't it? You know, slow mm-hmm. escalations towards a massive, big spectacle of a finale sort of thing but you're right anyway what else you obviously got other points that you want to get in there so well I think I'm just I'm just gonna sort of end this section with just some general thoughts I think here you go listeners it's Alice Hour I'm gonna talk to you all about why I love Terminator 2 so obviously I saw I saw this film a lot when I was a child and I know that there is a, a lot of nostalgia connected to that and I am self-aware enough to know that this may influence how I do feel about the film and I was a tad a tad nervous, but mostly excited about watching it again for this. And overall, I was just so, so impressed. Like even the things that maybe I'd never considered whilst watching it as a kid, I, you know, I just thought were brilliant now. You know, back then it, it was more about the spectacle. It was about kind of thinking that Arnold Schwarzenegger was just the coolest thing ever and thinking that, you know, John Connor was such a cute boy and, oh, I wish he could be my boyfriend sort of thing. This is when I was like seven or eight. So, you know, all good. Um, and Sarah Connor just being this absolute like badass like and and obviously she's well she isn't insane is she this is the problem it's like they think she's insane because of the way she talks and she talks about these events and it makes her sound mad but she isn't so the way that she kind of sustains herself between the first film and the second film like so much must have happened there and we see her in the first one like you know she's this very sweet very timid like very kind you know oh 80s hairdo and like oh a pink top and blue jeans and all this and then you get her in the second film and she's like a completely different fucking person. Like she's an like an animal at times. Like her determination is just almost borders on animalistic. And she's just so hellbent on this mission of stopping Judgment Day. And seeing her in the hospital and stuff and just the state that she's in and finding out that she's, you know, stabbed one of the guards in the leg with a pen. Like she just doesn't quit. She doesn't quit. Like she tries a little bit to be like, yes, I'm fine. I don't believe in the Terminator anymore. Please release me from this fucking hospital. But she can't keep it up. She has to be true to herself. Like she just can't ignore her, her true nature sort of thing. Um, it's just it's a it's a brilliantly told story. It's got some great uh, special effects in there. It's got some great performances. It's got some great script. And weirdly, some really tender and sweet moments between a robot and a 10-year-old boy that aren't sickeningly sweet they're not too cheesy like they just feel kind of natural and obviously hearing Arnie say things like no problemo and all that like it it should be daft and it should be silly and you should be going oh this is stupid but it just isn't and I think I don't know what um, it is just the magic of the film so that's what I think one one of the things I want to come back to something I said there because I've been I think I've not been true to myself and what something I'm saying which is I sort of said that like Arnie's not the strongest actor and I don't mean it like Mm. what I mean is in terms of like emoting you know we all know you can't get rid of his Austrian accent 
Of course, and we wouldn't Whatever want him he to. Does. We no. wouldn't want so him to. He's very, very good at what he does, and I don't mean he's a bad actor. But he's very good at what he does, and he and you what and, he and does. you know uh, yeah, I you only have to watch the last action hero or something like that to know he's happy to send himself up and you know do him doing Shakespeare and people obviously going. Well, he can play Hamlet or, or whatever. So he's not what you think of as a traditional, classically trained, whatever you want to call it, actor. Mm-hmm. Don't mean he's a bad mm-hmm. actor by any means. I mean, he's good. Maybe, I suppose, you could say he's limited. I don't know. But what he is incredibly good at, and I think what he's, he is, he's probably better at than a lot of other actors, is chemistry with his co-stars. Mm. Whatever mm. he's in, you fully believe like you fully believe in true lies that him and jamie lee curtis like love each other and like are married yeah, and totally. like he loves his daughter and all that sort of stuff and he's just beyond anything and i think probably possibly beyond any other actor certainly superstar level actor mm-hmm. he is so likable Mm-hmm. I think so. Anyway, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, I t- I completely agree. Like, I'm a huge Arnie fan. I think I've yeah. spoken about it before. Do you know what I mean? But, so, yeah. No, sorry, I, you were in the middle of saying something there. So, before we move on, final thoughts. Then give it to us. Well, I I feel I feel like that those were my final thoughts. Yeah. Really, I, I I don't. There's there's just so, there's just so much to like about this film. Uh, just like. The way it has been designed and put together is brilliant. The way that the plot points kind of move a lot, you know, the way the story moves along, how we get from A to B and then to C and then to D. And it's just very clever and it just really flows. And it's just my favourite film in the whole world. And I don't know what else to say, Josh. It's it's just, I'm so happy that you got me, that you you said that I could I could talk about this film. I'm very grateful. And I'm so happy that you seem to like it a lot as well. Okay, then let's move on to talking about things that we perhaps didn't like about the film or that we would change mm-hmm. about the film. Now, you're looking nervous, Alice. You're looking a, a little Me? nervous there. Nervous. Like I'm going like to pull the rug out from under your feet. Uh-huh. Um, no, I'm genuinely intrigued, honestly, <laughs> to hear what you've got to say. Um, okay, well, let's let's go to you first, since it's your favourite okay. film. Now, I've been watching it again. Now, I didn't realise it had been a little while since you've watched it. Was mm. I mean, I, I, genuinely, I'm really interested to know what 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 was was there anything that you thought? Oh, actually, there there, there was. Oh. So I managed. I'm really, I managed I'm really surprised. Find, I'm really surprised. Yeah, you know what? No, we're all about balance here. I am a journalist oh. at my core, and then therefore integrity we must be is what we've got times. here. Integrity. <laughs> so there are three things that I am going to mention. First one is it's very very obvious when stunt doubles are being used. Right. This wasn't something that I noticed as a child. It is something I notice now. However, the the sort of catch to that is also is it just reminds you that everyone's doing stunts, right? Yeah. We're not on a green screen. This hasn't been CGI'd. I'm actually going to ride this motorbike through this fire sort of thing. So you can see when it stunt doubles, like John Connor's stunt double is like so tall, <laughs> so much taller than he is. Children's so was, stunt doubles. Like it's yeah, tricky. It's it, tricky. it's tricky, but also it's fucking funny, isn't it? If you get it a good, a if bit. you get a little freeze frame, you're like, that's not that's not Edward Furlong. Yeah, I that. know, I know. <laughs> and it's it's not it's not something that I ever noticed as a child. But yes, of course, I'll, I you know I'm looking for that sort of stuff this time around. So I noticed that. Um, the other thing that the 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 probably the worst thing about this film is when they have just run out. I think it's when they've just run out from uh, sort of breaking Sarah out of the hospital facility thing. 
And then the T-1000 sort of latches onto the back of their car with, you know, he changes his arms into like sort of like hooks or whatever. So then he's hanging on the back of the car and you just, you see the scene with the cars driving away and then his body's kind of swinging from side to side. It's so obviously a dummy. Like Mm, it it literally just looks like they've got like a cop outfit and shoved some pillows in it sort of thing. Like it isn't the best, it's not the best sort of use of a a, a special special like effect. Like a practical effect. Or, or like yeah, practical yeah. effect, yeah. Um, and then beyond that, there was, there, there is a little bit of exposition dumping, particularly with Sarah Connor's, like her narration slash her internal monologue sort of thing. And at times this got, this borderlined and was a little bit cheesy at times, right? But it, it wasn't enough, like it did, it's not going to put me off the film, <laughs> do you know what I mean? But... It was just, they were the things I did notice this time. And in the interest of balance, they are things that I think, actually, I think more work could have been done. (laughs) Say more work. I know, I know, no, I don't mean that. Jim, Jim, can I have a word? Listen, more work was needed, No, I phrased that incorrectly, (laughs) I think. But you know where you just, you can see, oh, that doesn't look great and that it doesn't look as good as the rest Mm. of the film sort of thing. But that was it. Those were the three things. Uh, so we'll come over to you next then, Josh. But be honestly, be honest. Like, I want to have this debate. Yeah. Tell me, what um, do you think okay. should have changed well, or you didn't like? So I, so there isn't, there isn't genuine, there isn't loads for me. I, I do have stuff because yeah. like you, I want to be balanced and I would be the same if we did my equivalent and I don't even know what that would be. But anyway. Empire Strikes Back, yeah. No, no, well, probably wouldn't so, be Empire Strikes Back. Film? No, I don't no. know what it, I don't know oh. what it'd be. Probably something like, and people are going to yawn at this, but probably something like The Dark Knight would be would be would be something like no, my equivalent of this. That's not a big yawn. I thought you were going to say some like, like you know, sort of French romantic <laughs> drama or it's, something. Uh, like, oh, everyone's going to hate the '60s films <laughs> translated as Breathless, starring no. Exactly. Um, it's um, <laughs> no. It, I think people would yawn at that because I think analysis of the Dark Knight and uh, as opposed to Rack One, Oath Nine Eleven paranoia <laughs> analogy, uh, pe- people have it's been done to death a little bit, which is one of the reasons why okay, I've, ne- why I've yeah, never picked it. Yeah. Um, mm. But anyway. Um, so so I, in the interest of balance there is a couple of things the first thing and it's not actually something that I I didn't like it's just it was a lot darker than I remember and as in, 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 in no in tone in tone oh. so the Ooh. bit where and I'd seen this bit before but the bit where she has the future you know she has the sort of dr- the, the nightmare where she turns where she burns to death I was like yeah. Jesus that was a lot darker than I thought it was, was. So, oh, so, really? so yeah. yeah so I just had I I knew that happened. I just didn't remember it being so visceral and so, I suppose, gruesome mm. in a way. So if you're talking about this as the greatest blockbuster ever made, back to, I've already touched on this and I'm not going to hammer the point, but for me, it's probably too, too dark. Mm-hmm. But you could definitely have cut some stuff out and had it be that if you really wanted to appeal to a broader audience. But I'm not, you know, I'm not going to get into that now. So it was darker than I remember. That's not a criticism. It's just something I noticed. If I I had one criticism, it would be um, that because I hadn't seen the first half an hour or I couldn't remember the first half an hour, I, it was probably a a little slow, like in the first half an hour or so, like after, so after Arnie's come back, particularly the bit of her in the hospital, I found that. It was a little, I think because I hadn't noticed it before, I thought it was like action, 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 action. Like, I thought it was like akin to something like Speed, 
You know, from okay. beginning to end, it's just non-stop. No one is Good still, no one, yeah, no one is still for a moment in this film. But actually, mm. there is a little bit of that and a little bit more character development for Sarah Connor. And I didn't dislike the character development or anything like that. I just, I suppose I didn't go into it expecting that bit. And I thought I'd seen it from start to finish. Perhaps I hadn't seen that bit before. But I found that bit a little slow. Mm. Um, but mm -hmm. other than that, I really... A bit of sort of echoing what you said about some some of the practical effects and stuff, but but no, um, yeah, it's so minor. Yeah, isn't it? like on the not, whole, the, the good is 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 just so good. Just something uh, funny as well. Just before we move on to the next section, so I I hadn't considered really how funny this line is from the T one thousand, but when he goes to John Connor's parents foster parents house and they give him a picture of him and he goes he's a good looking boy do you mind if i keep this picture i was like oh that's weird <laughs> you go yeah no i, I, I do mind yeah <laughs> yeah i do mind that's a, you've just called my picture, son that is a picture boy. of my son so yeah 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 go and take a copy of it <laughs> if you're a police officer and then bad like, policing yeah, but anyway but he's not a police officer because he's a killer robot Okay then, so let's move on to talking about the critical reception. This might Ooh. be this might be the most pointless critical reception we've ever done because it's completely irrelevant because it's not underrated. I'm interested. Well, though. you've not I'm picked it because you think though. it's underrated. You've not picked it under C. No. Essentially, this is the this is the we have done films before, haven't we? Where we've gone, I just want to talk about it. It's like when what did I do? Where people said where people go, oh, I suppose I saw, I did lies. True Lies. A lot of people were going, it's not underrated. I, was like, yeah, I know, yeah, <laughs> but it's. Mm, but it's it our is a podcast. It's our podcast. It's, but it's, yeah. it is a bit but, under but, um, like I know you didn't necessarily pick it for that, but I couldn't fucking exactly. find it anywhere. I've got all the streaming services, yeah. Josh. I'm on the, the money we both spend on, on bloody streaming services. Oh, don't even. Don't even. Amazon Prime, what the fuck? What are you charging me £3.50 extra for? <laughs> I've already registered to you. Do you know what I mean? But no, the, the, yeah, True Lies, I'm totally on your side with that. <laughs> it is underseen because I couldn't fucking find it. Anyway, so I have seen the critical reception for this film okay. at some point, at some point, Mike, not recently. So I don't remember the exact numbers, but I'm pretty sure that it did all right. Quite well, yeah. right? So we're going to, yeah. let's, let's not, you know, we don't even need to put a number on it. It's high. We know it's high. Yeah. So let's have a look now and let's see what you Go reckon. Because I'm intrigued. Oh, I'm interested. I'm interested to know what you think here because I think this might mm -hmm. be a bit of a curveball. The time of recording on IMDb, it gets okay. 8.6 out of 10. Okay, that's good. Mm. That's that's good. I approve. But at the time of recording on Rotten Tomatoes, the audience give it 95%. Oh. And the critics, Gosh. the critics give it. Yeah. Mm. 93%, which averages out to 91%. Wow. So, oh, so, so is, is it, is it appropriately rated? Is it, is it, is it, is it overrated, mean, Alice? That's wild. I mean, I don't, I don't think I, if it's my favourite I know, film, yeah, it's like. No, it can't be, it can't be overrated, right? Surely that's appropriate for me. But yeah, that's, I didn't. In my head, it was more like like a high seven. Mm. Not, not that I would give it that. I would definitely but give it higher. But you thought like if I you averaged that it that's out. What it got. For, yeah, yeah, That's yeah. big scores, man. That's heavy, it? that, oh, isn't it? Man. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I bet, I bet it's a lot of people's favourite film then. There we go. Yeah. I'm not alone But in also, this. I mean... Yeah, I, brilliant. I was quite surprised that the critics give it 93. Yeah. Because you'd that's, think they'd find some... Like, that's big. As in, it's a brilliant film, but you'd think... Mm -hmm. 
for this sort of film, they, they definitely find something to drag that down. Well, I wonder as well if if some of those reviews were written a bit later. Yeah, maybe. They've seen Terminator Three and Terminator <laughs> Four and Terminator Five and Terminator Six, and they're like, "Fucking hell, these are not so good." So I tried to watch after we did better. after we did Salvation. Mm. I must have it must have been on one of the streaming services, and the next one was also on the streaming service, which meant it, yeah, it sort, I think it just started. And it mm-hmm. must have been like a Saturday afternoon or something, and I, and I just thought, oh yeah, well, you know, whatever, put it on. And it was, it was Alice, it was, it was fucking wank. It's so bad, the, isn't it? So the, I tried, I have I tried, to, I tried to watch Dark Fate. So that's and I tried to they watch got Linda Hamilton Genesis. back for that one, didn't they? Linda Hamilton is in that one, and then Genesis, I think, has got um, Amelia Clark in it. Yes, that's the one I Daenerys watched. That's Game the one I watched. So I try. I tried to watch both those films, and I got about twenty minutes in with both of them, and I couldn't. I couldn't watch it anymore. Not even and Arnie can save so them sad. for you. No, because he's not like like you were saying before about having that chemistry and stuff. Like I just don't feel it. I don't feel it in those mm. films at all. And it's like the the joy and the beauty of the second film is that you've got this big reveal where it's like, wow, the bad guy from the first film isn't the bad guy anymore. So as soon as that's happened, there's n- there's nothing else for you here. Like this story is done and dusted. Again, like I said before, I've got a bit more time for Terminator Salvation, which is, you know, very, very different. And sort of having seen Terminator Salvation, it does add a bit more gravity to Terminator 2 because you've actually seen what Judgment Day is, Mm. what this means, and it's fucking horrendous, Mm. right? The world in Terminator Salvation is awful, it's dry, it's great. Christian Bale is just having a shit time, do you know what I mean? So that one I have got a bit more time for, but with these other ones, it's like they're trying to recapture the thing that made Terminator good and they're just failing all the time. And it it's it's just a shame. Obviously, it's not... Like, I don't know if you can be annoyed at it because no one's forcing me to watch no. these films, but it's just... I suppose it's just weird to have films like Terminator and then Terminator 2 lumped in with these kind of awful, money-grabbing, hollow, like, void of any sort of depth and, and, and you know, characterfulness and all this. Like, it's just it's just weird. And it is just another sort of sign that all that matters in Hollywood is cash. That is all we care about. We do not care about your artistic integrity. We do not care about shitting over all your old projects. Looking at Star Wars here, guys. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Do you know what I yeah, mean? Absolutely. And it's just stop it's... making Terminator films. And whilst you're at it, yeah, stop, please. Stop. New content, yeah, new content. Still do robots. You can still do but robots. There's a few. There's a few sort of um, like what would you call like uh, franchises or products that they keep churning out. Hmm. And 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 Terminator is one of them. Alien is one of them. I haven't seen the newest one, but I believe it's okay. But up until that. Predator is another one. They just keep they yeah. keep churning them out, and it's like, and I know some people like them, but it's like, come on, it's just like you say, it's like a cash grab, isn't it? It is, and it, it feels like, and obviously I don't know, but it feels like they have to because of the amount of money that's obviously involved, and now that you know DVDs don't exist, they have to make sure that they get some money back and so the way you do that is you play on people's nostalgia so you bring them something that is the same character as something that they saw when they were a child or yeah. something and so it's like right well if we remake this film we're guaranteed to get all the diehard fans in anyway and if we get a few new extra viewers then great so that's kind of it feels like that that's all they care about and 
you know, it is a business and I get it. And, you know, they've got to make money and, you know, everyone deserves all the money they get. Like these actors, the directors, the crew, everyone works so hard and I get it and that's fine. But when that becomes your sole drive, people who actually care about film and people who actually like to analyze film, we can fucking see it. Mm. And it's gross and I hate it. Um, but that that is the world we live in and I appreciate, you know, we money is king. We're a capitalist culture. That's, you know, I'm just going to have to get over that and, and just enjoy the things that I can enjoy. But then also go back and watch classic films like this one. So then, before we wrap up, one last thought on Terminator 2. One, a sound. Give us a sound to sum up your feelings of Terminator 2. It's one of the best pieces of music ever, <laughs> to be honest. Best piece of music ever. Oh, well, there we go. Terminator oh, 2. we did it. It's not under scene. Long one, this, it's guys. It's not underrated. It's going to be a slightly yeah, longer a episode of this, guys, because I couldn't stop talking. We're celebrating our 100 episodes of Alice. She deserves it. She's brilliant. She's talked about yeah. Terminator 2. She loves it. It's not under scene. It's not underrated. Doesn't matter, though, does so it? Alice just wanted to talk about it. So, so here we are. And, uh, oh, are you going to ask me something? No, no, I was just going to say, I'll I'll stop talking about it now. I can stop bringing it up because I feel like I do bring it up a lot. Like, oh, Josh, I don't know if you knew, uh, but I love it. There's a little film too. that I like called Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Um, you might not know it. But, like, uh, it's dead cult and, like, I just really know films. Listen, you know, have you seen Donnie Darko? It's a bit like, a bit like that before everybody, and then everyone liked Donnie Darko, so it's like... <laughs> I was the first. Yeah, like, I was I eight years old when I fell in like, I totally film. got the ending of Donnie Darko. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, well, thank you very much for listening to this slightly longer episode. Of course, thank you, Alice, for, for being my brilliant co-host and hope you enjoyed oh, talking you. about Terminator 2. We will be back next week with another episode talking about Terminator 3. No, uh, we'll be back next oh, week God, talking no. about no. another <laughs> episode. Uh, we'll be back next week, sorry, talking about another film. Um, in the meantime, if you'd like to get in touch with us, it's still <laughs> that part at gmail.com. All the social medias, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, just search for Just Films and that, wherever you get your social medias. And of course, we're on the television, aren't we, Alice? Of course, we are, Josh. We are on the local TV network every Friday from 6pm. So if you live in Birmingham, Bristol, Leeds, Liverpool or the northeast of England, you can find us on Channel 7 on Freeview. Or if you live in North Wales or South Wales, you can find us on Channel 8 on Freeview. Or if you live anywhere in the country, you can find us on Sky on Channel 188. That's every Friday night from 6pm. Me and Josh get together and talk about some of our favourite underrated and underseen films. You don't want to miss it. Yes, all that remains to be said is cheerio. It's goodbye from me. And Alice, give us the music one last time. Do, 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 do. Do, 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 do. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.